coming to you live from out of Atlanta, Georgia. We want to welcome you back to the Promise of Our Father podcast. And we are going to continue where we left off at in Series 2, Episode 14, Series 2, Episode 14. But we're going to continue to do what God called us to do because God been blessing us all over the place. And he's been blessing us in all over the areas. And he's been blessing us in all over the locations. He's been blessing us in so many different areas and in locations and different places. He wants this word to spread throughout the country, throughout the world. He says he's not returning until the kingdom of God is preached throughout the country, throughout the world. And so here at Spiritual Cuts Ministry, under the promise of our Father podcast, he's teaching us how to explain what God has been explaining for 2,000 plus years. So if you've been following these, these messages and you've been following the ministry of Spiritual Cuts and the promise of our Father podcast. We want to thank you in advance and ask that you continue to pray for our spiritual leaders and continue to do what God promised to do. We thank God for loving us the way he loved us and blessing us the way he blessed us here at the promise of our Father podcast and through the Spiritual Cuts ministry. So if you are continuing to follow us, we ask that you continue to use the word or the sword and follow the scriptures. That is being given because if you're going to catch on to what God promised me and you, we're going to have to understand that we have to do what God called us to do by he reading and understanding these scriptures. Because in the book of Revelation, in chapter one, it tells us, blessed is he, huh? Blessed is she. Let me say it again. Blessed is he and blessed is she who reads and those who hear the words of this prophecy and keep those things which are written in it for the time is the blessed is he or blessed is she who reads and those who hear the words of this prophecy and keep those words and, and keep those things that are written in it. So if you'll continue with us and keeping these things in your heart, you are growing in the spirit of him, in the promise of our father. What our father do, we just going to continue from out of series two in episode 14. But I want to say this before I get too far out. I made two uh, episodes uh, on 14, so I'm going to use the continuation of 14, 14, and I'm going to use the continuation so that we can get into the conclusion of the matter. As the Father has sent me, ye glory, I send you. So if you hear something that you heard before in the podcast, in the latter part, it's because I congealed them together, and I wanted to, I didn't want to erase what I made, I wanted to keep what God gave me, so it might touch someone who needs what God said because the fact of the matter because I don't like it and you don't like it doesn't matter God says send it out let my people hear what my people have to see and let my people hear what my people have to hear so I because I want my people to be let go from the fear of death because we've been in depth and the fear of death for too long. He didn't give us the spirit of fear, but of love and power and of a sound mind. He said, I release you from the fear of death that you've been in all your lifetime. So he said, don't erase it, son. You, I want you to utilize it. Maybe to touch just that one person out there. That's all I'm trying to do is do what God called me to do. So my brothers and sisters, here we are. We're going to go back to John chapter uh, 20. Verse 19, and we're going to rehash and repeat and reiterate the scriptures, and it reads, Then the same day at the evening, being the first day of the week, when the doors were shut, where the disciples were assembled for the fear of the Jews, Christ came and stood in the midst, and he said to them, Peace be with you. Excuse me. When Christ had said this, he showed them his hands. He showed them his feet. He showed them his side. Then the disciples was glad when they saw the Lord. So Christ said to them again, peace be with you. Immortality be with you. As the Father has sent me in mortal. As the Father has sent me in another form. As the Father has sent me in the body that was made on the sixth day. Hey, glory in the body that was made without hands on the sixth day after he rested on the seventh. He said the body. 
body that came through the doors that was shut. The two bodies that he says, I breathe this on you as the father has sent me. I also send you. And when Christ has said that he breathed on them and he said, receive thee the Holy Spirit. Like I said earlier, this Holy Spirit is not the same spirit as Christ was Jesus that was consistent that was conceived in the, in the womb of Mary. This Holy Spirit here is the fullness of the God here. This Spirit here is the promise of our Father in Luke 24, 49, when he said, I will just send the promise of my Father upon you. So he had just left the Father, and whatever he's doing right here, he's doing it from, after, from actually leaving from the presence of God. Hey, can you imagine the glory that was on him? When he came through the doors that was shut and he breathed, he said, touch this body. Hey, glory. Oh, Dalton Thomas, he said, touch this body, Peter. He said, touch this body, John. He said, touch this body. Touch my hands and my feet. So as the Father has sent, see, a, a spirit, he said, does not have flesh and bones. As you see me have, this is the body that my father made and created on the sixth day. But I'm showing it to you on the seventh day, which is the first day of the week in the Jewish calendar. So now let me get into where God called me to be. I just want to continue where I left off. Hmm? After we was talking about the ceremony in the new tomb part two. This is just a continuation. So I'm going to dress that up, and you just follow the messages, and I'm going to dress that up and how God leads me to do so. But you're going to have episode 12, episode 13, and episode 14 is going to be dealing with the ceremony in the new tomb, part 1 and 2, and the continuation of 1 and 2. So God is going to let us do what God do, but as the Father has sent me, I also sent you. So before I get into that, I want to say this because I'm coming to the conclusion of the matter, and I got probably one or two, maybe three more semantic presentations or episodes to put out there to go with all this we've been explaining about as the Father has sent me, I also send you. And coming through the doors that were shut, the two bodies, and all this is congeals and, 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 and co co coincide with each other. So let's get busy. So I want to show you something that God has said, teach them this again. We're going to come from out of Hebrews 12, uh, Hebrews chapter 5, verse 12 through 13. But we're going to start there at Hebrews chapter 5, huh? verse 12 through 13. And it reads, For though by this time you ought to be teachers, you need someone to teach you again the first principles of the oracles of God. You have come need of milk and not, not solid food. For everyone who partakes only of milk is unskilled in the word of righteousness or the words of eternal life. In Proverbs 12, 28, we realize that uh, in the way of righteousness uh, is eternal life and there is no death in its path. And I know you have heard this many times before, but I'm putting it in your spirit so it can get down into it like it is in ours over here at Spiritual Cuts Ministry and through the teaching of the Promise of Our Father podcast. Proverbs 21, 21 says that if you follow and you find righteousness, if you follow and you find eternal life, huh? You shall be honored with glory. You shall be honored, huh, with mercy. And you shall be honored with grace and mercy. So therefore, you have to find eternal life. John, 5, John chapter 5, verse 39 and 4 says, If you think you, huh, if you search the scriptures, you will think you have eternal life. And these are they that testify of me. But he says here, he says, some of us need to be taught again. Because everyone is not going to do the testimony. No, everyone is not going to testify, huh, to have eternal life. He said in John 39, 40, he said that, but if you think that you have it, he said, if you don't think you have it, some of us need to be taught again the first principles of the oracles of God. Have anybody ever explained the first principles of the oracle of God to you? Because the first principles of the oracles of God is the self. My brother's found in Genesis 3, 21, 22. You're going to keep hearing me saying this until you go there and read it for yourself. He had dressed them up in tonic 
He had clothed them in garment. And then he said, they have become like one of us. Huh? See, they was talking about Jesus. Although Jesus wasn't there yet, they have become like one of us because they couldn't be the Holy Spirit in Christ because they was like God in his image and his likeness when he put his spirit in the image and the likeness as a male and a female in that body that he made from the heavens and the earth, from the celestial and the terrestrial. So he couldn't have been talking about them. He was speaking, in, they have come, become like one of us. Because now they have to put their hand out, huh, to eat from the tree of eternal life and live forever again. Because the Holy Spirit and Christ already live forever again. They would never die. Come on. In the Spirit of God, they would never die. So the one he was talking about was through prophecy. So now, my brother, the first principles of the oracles of God has brought us into a place where if we don't partake in righteousness or the words of eternal life, we can't put our hands forward back to where God is trying to put our hands forward to because we have been lacking the knowledge and the understanding of what God is doing. Everyone who partakes in milk, see, people are still unskilled because they're still on milk. But God says in Isaiah through the words of God, he says, who will I get to teach knowledge? And whom will I get to understand the message? He said, they that are weaned from off the milk. So this message is trying to wean you from off the milk. This message is trying to wean you from off the titty. The message is trying to wean you from off the breast. This message is trying to wean you from off the elementary doctrine of the teaching of the doctrine and the commandments of men is trying to wean you from off. Who will I get to teach the message? Who will I get to understand the message? Who will I get to teach knowledge? Whom will I get to understand knowledge? So God is telling me to speak to you in such a way, my brothers and sisters. He says that, huh, in the way of righteousness is eternal life. But if you are unskilled in righteousness, you cannot have life eternal. Come on. But solid food, Hebrews 5, 14, belongs to those who are of full age and those who by reason of his or her senses or his or her uses of the senses and exercise the uses of their senses that discern both good and evil. And we heard good and evil in Genesis 3, 21. They have become like us, one of us, into the knowledge huh, of good and evil. So when they become like one of us, they have, they, we have to learn to discern both good and evil in order to get and eat from the tree of eternal life and live forever again. That is heavy to me. In 1 Corinthians 2.1, I want you to know when I started in the first few episodes in this podcast from the promise of our Father, I want you to know that I didn't come to you, huh? I didn't come to you with the excellence of speech or the wisdom of men, declaring to you huh, the testimony of God. The testimony of God is in 1 John chapter 5, verse 7, 1 John chapter 5, verse 10, 11, and 12. It says, and it states, my brothers and sisters, he says, the witness of men is not greater than the witness of God. The testimony of men is not greater than the testimony of God, unless man has the testimony that God gave them to testify of God who has given of himself, of his son. And he, his testimony is that he has given us through his son eternal life. And these are they that know that they have eternal life and that they continue. And the problem people don't have with speaking the words of eternal life is that they don't continue in the knowledge of understanding that they have eternal life. They revert, they refer back to tomorrow is not promised and we all have to die and we are not going to be here forever. They refer back to but the scripture says that God testify if you continue in knowing that you have eternal life that I testify and that I promise you in 1 John 2.25 he says I promise you eternal life he says these are they that would testify and declare the testimony of God 
in First Corinthians chapter two, verse one. So First Corinthians chapter two, verse four, it says, "And my speech that I come to you, and my preaching that I come to you in, are not with the persuasive words of human wisdom, but in the demonstration in the spirit of the spirit and the power of God." And because of this type of teaching and the word of eternal life that we're teaching through, huh? your faith should not be in the wisdom of men. Because men says tomorrow is not promised. Men says we all have to die. Men says we're not going to be here forever. But Enoch did not say what men said. Enoch said, I'm going to walk with God for 365 years. And God took him. And God says he shall not taste death because of his testimony. If your testimony is pleasing God, he will take you and glory. He would come back for you as the church. You have to understand the words of eternal life is the medication for our bodies to move into the place where God calls us at through his word. Now the word is doing what the word can do through the flesh. That's why the word was made flesh through the, spoke, through the spoken word of God's body and the spoken words of God's spirit and the spoken word of God's blood and the spoken word of God's flesh because God was able to call flesh, blood, and all these things into existence because he spoke it into existence through the power of the Spirit, not by might, not by power, he said, but by my Spirit. So he spoke it through his Spirit, huh? The water and the Spirit that hovered over the earth when it was dark and void and empty, he called it into the existence of his glory back into the light of the gospel of the kingdom of God through what he spoke into existence. So God is telling you and telling me, I didn't come with the speech and the preaching, huh? With the persuasive words of a human, but in the demonstration of the Spirit and the power of God. And because of this type of teaching of the word of eternal life, your faith should not be in the wisdom of men or the doctrines or the commandments of men or your bishop or your pastors or your prophets or your evangelists or your preachers and teachers. No, either it should be from your religious church denomination or affiliation or from whosoever moved Presbyterian church or whosoever moved Baptist church or whosoever moved Roman Catholic church or whosoever moved Jehovah a witness church or whosoever moved church of Christ but your faith should be in the wisdom and the power of God and I know you might think I'm trying throwing, trying to throw rocks and hide my hands but if the, if the truth be told I was a part of a great affiliation I was a part and greatly affiliated with that type of huh, dogmatic religion and dogmatic teaching as well. And this is why I am pointing out. This is why I'm pointing out the spirit of error to you. And I do this out of love, not from out of argumentation. I do this from out of love not from out of confrontation with your spiritual church leaders. I do this from out of love, not from your church, huh? church denomination, religion, affiliation. Not I do this out of love, huh? not to go against your bishop and your pastors and apostles and prophets and spiritual church leaders. I do this out of love because I once came into the knowledge and once I came into the knowledge of the mystery of the kingdom of God, which is by the way, is in Matthew 13, 11 and Mark 4, 11 and understood that the teaching of Christ and the teaching of God says it is for you and I to know what is the mysteries of the kingdom of God. My question to you and you need to ask, you need to take this question very seriously. Did you know? What the knowledge, did you know what the knowledge of the mysteries of the kingdom of God, did you know what the kingdom of God, did you know what the righteousness of God in Matthew 6.33 was? Did you know, huh, before we began to explain this at the spiritual culture ministry through the promise of our Father Pod, did you know, my brothers and sisters, was you ever explained that? Because if you wasn't, this message has to be for you and it's out of love. Hmm? 
I don't care what your, your, your rank or your position or the prestige that you have in the church. Your position means nothing to God. My position means nothing to God. What God means to me is when I speak in the, uh, in the similitude that God blessed me with. He anointed me, had glory, to speak the words of eternal life. So being explained through these podcasts, this podcast episode, what is the kingdom of God and the righteousness of God is, before we broke it down through scriptures in Luke chapter 9. Verse 25 through 32, and in Matthew 16, 25, 28, and Matthew 17, 1 through 5. These are the same, this is the same account huh, of one miraculous event that breaks down, explain what exactly the kingdom of God is. In Proverbs, I want you to realize, my brothers and sisters, in Proverbs 18, 21, Death and life is in the power of the tongue. And those who love it will huh, eat those who love it will eat the fruit thereof. When the scripture here in Proverbs 18:21 says, in the because and those who love it, what is the love it? Those who love it is loving. And what is it talking about that they love? Huh? The it, the the love is, the eternal is, the death is, the love that the one is speaking from out of the power of their tongue. The eternal is the one is not spoken of much about, but death. These are those who love it. And what those who love it is referring to in scriptures is in Proverbs 18.21. So if you're being taught in your church religion denomination affiliation and it doesn't matter whosoever moved church denomination affiliation you derive from out of or part of at the present moment and if you don't attend a denomination affiliation and you study and learn your Bible at home along with your intense meditation you have in place and you believe tomorrow's not promised, and we all we all are not going to be here forever, and we all have to die. You unequivocally and without a shadow of a doubt, you love the fruit of death, and you are equally yoked with the fruit of death. Why? Because the power that is being utilized in your tongue is the power of death. Why? Because you've been taught are still being taught that we all have to die and we are not going to be here forever and tomorrow is not promised. The power you have in your tongue is not being utilized in a more effective way and the language and the verbiage you are using is not the language and the verbiage of God. Let's prove this by using scriptures. Deuteronomy, hey, glory, chapter 30, verse 19 and 20. Verse 19, is chapter 30, verse 19 and 20. Yes, I said it right. I call heaven and earth as a witness today against you that I have set before you eternal life and death, blessings and cursing. Therefore, choose eternal life that both you and your descendants and your children's children may live. So it's predicated not just upon you receiving eternal life through the verbiage and the power of your tongue. It is predicated upon your children's children. My people are destroyed because of a lack of knowledge in Hosea 4 verse 6. And he says, you have reject knowledge. And because you will be no priest of mine, I'm going to reject you and your children. So God says, if you reject me as my child, I'm going to reject you as your children. I'm going to reject you and your children because you reject me as your God. Hmm? 
what he's saying here in Deuteronomy. He said, choose life. He gave us the multiple choice of the answers. Now, that's cheating. Huh? We call that in school cheating. Well, and I used to do some of that when I was in school, cheating. But my God, my God, I made it through. <laughs> Thank you, Mr. McMurray. Thank you, Ms. McMurray. Ms. McMurray. Thank you, Mr. Ayers. Huh? Thank you, Ms. Berry. Hey, glory, Mr. Ayers. Y'all knew that I needed some special help because I was a special child. That I was a special child of God. Thank you, God. So God is cheating. Hi, glory. He's giving you the answer. He's giving you the words of eternal. He said, choose eternal life. Why? In verse 20, that you may love the Lord your God, that you may obey his voice. And God's voice spoke it to us in 1 John. When you obey the voice of God, this is the voice of God. He says in 1 John chapter 2, verse 25, this is the promise that I promised them that they should have eternal life. This is the promise that God promised us in 1 John chapter 5, verse 13 and 14. He says, watch this. This is the testimony of God. He says the voice, that you obey the voice of God. In John, 1 John chapter 5, verse 10, he says the witness and the testimony of God is greater than the witness and the testimonies of men. Your pastor, your bishop, your spiritual church leader, whosoever moved church you attend, the denomination, the religious affiliation that you he says, my word, I shall not return to me void, my brothers and sisters. So whosoever move Baptist church and whosoever move Catholic church got to get out of the way of the teaching of the spirit of Christ. That you may obey the Lord, that you may love the Lord, that you may hear the voice of God, that he promised us eternal life. And he says, and get you a new heart. Huh? Y'all heard what I said? He said, and get you a new heart. My brothers and sisters, in 1 John 25, I have promised you eternal life. Huh? And why did God promise us eternal life and not die? Because in Deuteronomy 20, he says, for God is our life. <laughs> Come on. God is our life. God is our length of days. My brothers and sisters, God wants you to know that he is our life. And our length of days. Huh? And he said that that's why I promise you. Because I can back up in who I am as your God. I created you in my image. I made you in my likeness. I gave you me before I gave you who you are as you. Stop being you and start being me as God. The sons and the daughters of God. I have promised you eternal life. God promised us that we would not die. God promised in Deuteronomy 30, he says that I am your length of days. Look what he says in Ezekiel 18, 31, 32. Now you got to pay close attention to this here. Because when I was putting this together and God showed me this here, I almost ran out of my house. I almost ran out of my office. I almost ran from, I jumped out the window like I was Superman or Spider-Man. My brothers and sisters, look what he says in Ezekiel 18, verse 31 and 32. Cast away from all your transgressions, which you have committed, and the erroneous, erroneous teaching, the erroneous or the wrong, incorrect teaching. He said, cast away. Hey, huh? Your transgressions, which include the erroneous teaching.
teaching and wrong and incorrect teaching and get yourself a new heart and a new spirit. For why should you die, O house of Israel? Why should you die, my sister? Why should you die, my brother? Why should you die, pastor? Why should you teach on bishop dying? Why should you teach the congregation that we all have to die? Tomorrow is not prime. Why would you teach on that? And he says, get you a new heart and a new spirit and a new mind and a new body and a new space and me as God. Why will ye die? Oh, house of Israel, why will ye die? Whosoever move Baptist church, why will ye die? Whosoever move huh, Presbyterian church, why will ye die? Jehovah witness, why will ye die? Church of Christ, why will ye teach others to die? Hindu, Hande, however you say, how, why would you die? My brothers and sisters, come on. Why would you die? Now, this teaching and this question is that God is asking his people, why would ye die, doesn't sound like anything we've been taught over the past 2,000 years in the churches and from our mothers and fathers and from our bishops and apostles and from our pastors and preachers and from our teachers and our prophets huh? and our spiritual church leaders. We are not going to be here forever. It's not the same type of teaching. I want you to know that, my brothers and sisters, that it's not the same type of teaching. Tomorrow is not promised and we all have to die. That is not the same type of teaching that God is teaching in Ezekiel 8. 18, 31, and 30. Why will ye die? That does not sound anything like what God has promised me and you. And the verse in Ezekiel 18, 31, 32 says he's asking a question that deserves an answer from every spiritual leader, every mother, every father, every bishop, apostle, prophet, pastor, preachers, and teachers out there who is teaching God's people tomorrow is not promised, huh? Tomorrow is not promised and we all have to die. I was one of those pastors, uh, preachers, and teachers that was teaching that we all have to die, and we all, tomorrow's not promised, and we won't be here forever. I was repeating what I heard, but I never studied what I heard that what I was repeating. So it got me in trouble with God, because when I came into the knowledge of the glory of God, I left what I heard and was repeating from what I was taught from my mother, fathers, and pastors, and preachers, and teachers. I began to speak the language and the the verbiage of God through the spirit of him and the promise of our father that raised Jesus from the dead and the spirit of him and the promise of our father that raised Christ from the dead that quickened and gave life to the spiritual body, the mortal body, immortality, and he brought back aye, with the glory through the power of the promise of his appearance and the powers of promise of his glory through the spirit of Christ. Now I can operate and I can start speaking the language of God. So Bishop Pastors and Peters, I'm not picking, I'm just telling you who I was before I became a pastor or preacher or teacher. And I want you to know when I call you out like that, I'm talking about myself because I was a part of that. But when I came into the knowledge, this is calling, I'm, God is calling for a move for pastors to get out of their pride and to get out of their way because you can't teach God's word and stay in the way of God as a man. You got to let God be God. Even Jesus had to go and pray three times. Not my will, but your will, Father. Huh? And he had to, Christ had to tell him, look here, man, I'm not going to keep telling you. They came to you to talk to you about your death, your burying, your resurrection. Moses and Elijah in Luke chapter 9, I want you to realize they came to speak to you in glory. You are acting out in the flesh now. Flesh and blood cannot inherit it what God gave you from out of his glory. So you got to get Get out of your get off your button, get off your knees, and get out of here. So he told Peter and them. He said, "Now nah, you can stay where you at. You can sleep on Peter. You can sleep on John. You can sleep on Luke. Y'all can sleep as long as you want. The, the God, the, the, the Spirit of God, and the body of Jesus, and the body of Christ, and the body of God is at hand. Now he says, I can go. Sometimes you need some encouragement to get to where you're going. But watch this here, my brother. He made a powerful statement." In 
in, 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 in Ezekiel 1832. God made a powerful statement in Ezekiel 31. He said, why will ye die? He asked the question. But now he's making a statement in 32 in Ezekiel 18. So watch what God says. He says this to me as a pastor. He says this to you as a bishop. He says this to you as an apostle. He says this to you as a preacher or a teacher. He says this to you as an evangelist. He says this to y'all who won't believe that God is sent. So look what he said. He said, look what God said in Ezekiel 18. Y'all got to go back and look at these scriptures because these scriptures going to go back and look at you. So now, my brothers and sisters, for I have no pleasure in the death of the one who died, says God, not man. Man says that we all have to die. Tomorrow is not promised and we all not going to be here forever. But God says, I have no pleasure. Look what God said. He first said in Deuteronomy, choose life, eternal. He says, choose eternal life because I am your life and your length of days. Obey my voice because my sheep know my voice and they hear me and I give them eternal life and they shall not be plucked from out of my hand because my father hand is greater than my hand. So his sheep hear his voice. He said, for I have no pleasure in the death of the one who dies, says God, therefore turn and live forever. So now my next question to you, my brothers and sisters, and to all those bishops and pastors and preachers and, and uh, teachers out there and all your spiritual leaders huh, that is out there, I want you to know, how do you tie tomorrow's not promise? And how do you tie, we all have to die, into Ezekiel 18, 31 and 32? How do you, dis, how do you put that in a message? And how do you speak that in the hearing of God's people and say it's God's word? How do you tie, tomorrow's not promised, and how do you tie, huh, we all have to die, into Ezekiel 18, 31, 32? And authentically say that what you believe about tomorrow is not promised and we all have to die is the word of God. Authentically can say that. How could you? You ought to be ashamed of yourself. My brothers and sisters, my pastors, preachers, and bishop friends out there, we're going to be friends once we come into the knowledge. You might not like me right now, but I don't mind because I got God. Huh? He that dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall be hidden under the power and the anointing of God. So I got the blood of God, the blood of Christ, and the blood of Jesus shielding me. Hey, God, thank you for keeping me under your shield, Father. So when I watch this here, why, how do you tie tomorrow's not promise? And how do you tie, huh? We all have to die into Ezekiel 31, which says, I have no pleasure in the death in the one who dies. Why will he die? Huh? When we read and use the scriptures, and the scriptures cannot be broken, we find in Ezekiel 18, 31, 32, which says, why should, ye die? why should you die? And for God has not, God as our God has no pleasure in the death of the one who died. And in Deuteronomy 30, 19, 20, God tells us to choose eternal life because he is our life and our length of days. He could get, uh, how could you get from out of what God says in his eternal word and his eternal teaching, tomorrow is not promised. And we all have to die. I tell you how. Hey, get ready. This is how you know I'm not picking with no one. This is how you know I'm just speaking with the words of eternal life. I'm speaking through the Spirit of God. And I make no apology of what God called me to do. Because if the church don't change, we're going to continue to see the death rate go up. Because our sons and daughters are dying and shooting one another. Because there is no spiritual truth being manifested in the glory. See, God glorifies in the children. Train up a child in the way he or she should go. And the child should be what he or she should be because God training them through the knowledge and the glory that he gave you through his teaching, through his son Jesus, through his son Christ, and through his teaching as God being taught. God taught Christ to teach us. And now we are teaching our children to show God they have been, they've been taught. 
But we are gone. We don't have the time to teach our children anything because we're too busy TikToking. We don't have time to teach our children anything because we're too busy FaceTiming. We don't have time to teach our children anything because we're too busy Facebooking. We don't have time to teach our children anything because we're too busy on our iPhone, iPad, iLad, iDad. We are on all these different sads, pads, and all these different entities where God is not even operating because the enemy has captivated the minds of the children of God because they have not been in the mind where Christ is at. Let this mind that be in you be also in Christ Jesus who was in the form of a man with the spirit of God as a male and a female inside of him who can produce a child out of a male and a female. He said he thought it not robbery to be equal with God. So therefore, if you Get out of some of all that stuff that you are doing with these TikTok and these phones because the enemy is operating through the phones, my brothers and sisters, through our sons and daughters, through these tablets and through all these different pads and all these different entities, the Instagram and all these grams that is out there, my brothers and sisters. That's why all this killing. Most people who are going out to kill, they are, are actually, before they go out to kill, they streaming it live to do so. Tell me that ain't the devil. Hmm? Because God, you see, all this erroneous, erroneous, erroneous teaching has come that tomorrow's not promised and we all have to die. And I'm going to tell you where we all get it from. I got it from. I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ because it is the power of God. Because I want you to realize, I've been told in my own family tree that we all have to die and tomorrow is not promised. Now I'm going to show you why we believe that we all have to die. Because it has been passed on from our mothers, from our fathers, from our spiritual church leaders, from our bishops and our apostles and from our pastors and preachers and teachers and from our whosoever moved church religion affiliations and believing and seeing with our natural eyes and what we keep speaking from out of the power of our tongue when we find what we find in Proverbs 18:21. Death. Tomorrow is not promised. Death. We all have to die. Death. We are not going to be here forever. Death. Huh? That we can't, we can't be here for that long. Death is in the power of the tongue. We are going to start eating from the fruit of eternal life. When we start eating from the fruit of eternal life and from out of the power of the tongue, of eternal life, from the fruit of eternal life that we're going to start loving, it is going to be the greatest and sweetest fruit God ever produced for us to eat. Because the fruit of eternal life that I've been chewing on in the last several years of my life, huh? since 2007, I'm telling you, January 24th, I've been eating on this fruit of eternal. It is the sweetest fruit God ever produced for us to eat. And I'm asking the pastors and the preachers, and look, I ain't even charging you for nothing. God is not even charging you nothing for the produce. He's not even charging you anything for the fruit. He says, take the fruit. And eat as freely as you please, as much as you want to. But the tree of knowledge and good and evil, he says, do not eat from that tree because you shall surely die. Come on. When are you going to live for God and not live from the doctrines and the commandments of men and the doctrines and the commandments of our mothers and fathers and the doctrines and the commandments of our bishop and the doctrines? and the commandments of our apostles and pastors and preachers and teachers. When are we going to start living and believing in the doctrines and the commandments of God and Christ? When are we going to start doing it? When are we going to start believing in the promises of God and the testimony of God and Christ and start believing we can live forever because he promised we can not be afraid of death that he had released us from? We have been in bondage all our lifetime. Christ has abolished death. 
and has done away with death. In Hebrews 2, 14, 15, and 2, Corinthians, and 2 Timothy 1, 10, and 2 Timothy 1, 7 said, he didn't give us the spear. It's a, it's a spirit of fear. The spirit of fear that he didn't give us is of death. But we've been in bondage all our lifetime. He himself, through the what? Through he himself destroyed him who had the power of death, that is the devil, and released those who through the fear of death were there all their lifetime subject to bondage. The church is still in bondage because spiritual leaders are still teaching death and the power of their tongue. Carbine. But you keep calling on death through the power of your tongue because you won't let go what God is trying to give you. God is trying to give you a gift. You are trying to ask God for wages because the wages of the gift is not the same. The wages of the gift is eternal life, but the wages of death is death. And as long as you've been teach the wages, you always receive your reward. How about trying changing the wages into the gift? That he has released us from when being from being in bondage all our lifetime. The fear of death got the church in bondage. My brothers, this is what we're gonna have to do. Train up a child in the way or the way he or she should go. And when he or she is old, he or she will not depart from it. This is a very powerful verse. Why? Because it demonstrates to be true and very authentic. Because the reason, the reason Christians and believers and spiritual church leaders and pastors, bishops and bishops and apostles and whosoever move church leaders, whosoever move churches, huh, huh, they believe wholeheartedly that we all have to die and we all not going to be, huh, be here forever and tomorrow's not promised, is because we all was trained up as a child. And we all was taught as a child from our great-great-great-grandmothers. We was all taught from a child from our great-great-great-grandfathers. And the spiritual church leaders who was in the greatness of our grandfather and the greatness of our grandmothers. So it was passed on from bishops and apostles and from their prophets and pastors, preachers and teachers, from whosoever, whosoever moved church, religion, denominations, affiliation, they all passed it on to our mothers and pastors and preachers and bishops and teachers. Now we have been taught this erroneous or incorrect or wrong teaching from from them and we continue passing it on to our children's children. Which, by the way, is the opposite teaching and saying and verbiage and language of God. We see in Ezekiel 18, 31 and 32. Why will ye die? Because I have no pleasure in the death of the one who died. Turn and live forever. Now, these are God's words, not man's. Huh? So here in Proverbs 22, 6, train up a child in the way he or she should go is a very powerful statement because we have been trained and taught for 2,000 plus years. We all have to die and tomorrow's not promised and we are not going to be here forever. What if we change our outlook on life through the lens of Christ and God? What if we start being taught by God and Christ, huh, that we find that we that we find in John 6:45 and Matthew 23:30? What if, my brothers and sisters, huh? What if if we start taught, we taught, we, we are taught again another from out of the same vessel that was marred in the hands of the potter and let God as the potter make another body, another image, another likeness of himself out of the same vessel as it pleases him as God and the potter who has the power huh, to change our bodies on the wheel. What if, huh? If we would train a child and train a child as it should go, huh? A little child and let him train us and train us. What if we would go back to being a little child, huh? And train us and we should go and not depart from his teaching. I know you are past age we are, who are listening to this demonic presentation, but we are still God's little children.
In Luke chapter 8, verse 15, when Christ was teaching his disciples, then the disciples brought an infant to Christ that he might touch him. But when the disciples moved, huh? When the, when the disciples and the churches from whosoever moved saw it, they rebuked them. They rebuked them because they was an infant. You would be amazed how people turn down God through a child. They rebuked him. My son was six years old. And he told me he heard from God. Not one time. I interrogated him or denounced him. And I said, well, what did he say? And he said, Daddy, I heard him clearly too. I said, glory be to God, son. I never denounce the disciples in the church's rebuke when you bring, huh? When you bring what you've been taught as a little child. See, I had to reduce myself. I had to go back to the stages where I wasn't taught and become where I wasn't taught and go back to that stage so that God can teach me in the stage I wasn't taught, although I'm a grown man or a grown person right now. And the church don't understand. If they don't come back as a little child, they cannot by in any means inherit the kingdom of God. They rebuke them. The churches rebuke the words of eternal life. The churches rebuke the promises of our Father. The churches, you can have a conversation all day about tomorrow's not promised and God, we all have to die and we are not going to be here forever. You can have a conversation all day out of the power of the tongue of those fools who are out there having that conversation all day. But you talk about having eternal life and not dying. He told Matt, he told John in John 21 verse 23, what is it to you? If I want him to remain until I come again, what is it to you? But yeah, you can't even have a decent conversation with spiritual church leaders, pastors, bishops, and preachers because they don't want to go into it because they're afraid to teach on something they don't understand. But let me tell you something. I didn't understand, and I just learned until I was able to teach. I got with the one who was teaching it, and he showed me how to teach it. So my brothers and sisters, if you don't like the way I teach, you may not like or have not so learned Christ. See, I had to learn Christ and let my pastor, bishop, and all these other people go. My my mama, my daddy, my brother's teaching, my sister teaching, my friend teaching, my loved one's teaching. I had to let all that teaching go. But when I got with Christ and started being taught, I had to change my attitude because I had to go back into a place I wasn't comfortable. And the reason people don't want to go back into a place they was comfortable because they make them seem like they're a small child. But the scripture says in Proverbs 22, 6, if you train up a child, they wasn't referring to a, to a baby or an infant. He used the infant and the child to let you know if they rebuke this child, they're definitely going to rebuke you as a grown person coming as a child. But I am God, and that's how I want you to come to me because you are my child. You are my children. So God says, come to me, old little children. Hey, glory. In verse 16, but God called them and said, let the little children come to me and do not forbid them for of such is the kingdom and the glory of God. Glory. Look at you. Or surely I say to you, whosoever does not receive the kingdom of God as a little child, let me say that again. Whosoever does not receive the mysteries of the kingdom of God that is in, uh, that is a prerequisite and a requirement for you to know, you will by no means enter into it. Then someone asked Christ and said, Master teacher, what should I do to inherit it eternal life? Hey, glory. Out of all that conversation, in the presence of the crowd, he was teaching about a little child. Someone out of the blue said, what do I have to do to inherit it eternal life? Man, eternal life is all through the scriptures, but no one want to talk about eternal life. Everybody want to talk about what they pastor talk about. Everybody want to talk about what whosoever moved church talk about. We all have to die, and tomorrow's not promised, because we see all these fatalities in different forms of death during the day. But they was occurring back then when Enoch, or they was occurring back then when, when Christ was teaching Jesus. They was occurring back then when John believed God when he got to the tomb. They was occurring 
occur. Death always going to occur, but it doesn't have to come to your house, your home, your body, the body that is made without hands. Once you come into the knowledge of the body in the house that you have of God that he created on the sixth day out of himself in his own image and own likeness as a male and a female in high glory. He said, I'm trying to let you know if you walk through the doors that were shut like my son Christ did, as the Father has sent me, I also send you. Now in Hebrews chapter 5, my uh, brothers and sisters, I'm going to close this with this here. In Hebrews chapter 5, I said this earlier in the offset. I started out. But I'm going to start at verse 9. At first I started at 12. It says, Christ having been perfected, he become the author of eternal salvation to all those who obey him. Uh-oh. Now, in Luke 177, in Luke chapter 1, verse 77, Jesus came to give the knowledge of salvation to God's people. Huh? Y'all hear what I'm saying? He came to give the knowledge of salvation to God's people by the remissions of their sins. But in Hebrews 5, 9, it says Christ came as the more perfect tabernacle that is not of this creation to teach the knowledge of the eternal salvation of God to all those who obey him. And the problem that the churches have that is out of Ephesians 4, 20, they have not so learned Christ as the truth is in Jesus. So even Jesus had to learn Christ coming from the Jewish, he come from the background where he came from, from out of the out of the out of the background of Mary and, and his father Joseph. He had to so learn Christ in order to receive the eternal glory. When he was teaching, he was teaching about the salvation and what it was all about, but he couldn't teach the eternal salvation because he didn't have the eternal body yet. When he was baptized into the body of Christ, he had the eternal body. Now he was able in the body of Christ, through his body, was able to talk and speak through the eternal salvation of Christ. Huh? Because Christ is the more perfect tabernacle that is not of this creation to teach the knowledge of eternal salvation of God, huh? To all those who obey. Most people don't obey because they obey the voice of a man, a harlan. Christ was called by, by, by Christ was called by God as a high priest according to the order of Melchizedek. In Hebrews 5, 11 and 5, 10 and 11, of whom we have much to say and hard to explain since you become dull of hearing. Look what the scriptures say that the church folks has become dull of hearing. My brothers, I pray that you don't let this message get by you and become dull of hearing. Folks has become dull of hearing. In Hebrews chapter 5, verse 11, he said that they become dull of hearing. For though by this time you ought to be teachers, you need someone to teach you again the first principle, the first principles of the oracles of God found in Genesis Hans 3, 21, 22. My brothers, let me read that because you don't always say that and I paraphrase it, but let me read it to you. Look what it says. In Genesis chapter 3, verse 20, and Adam called his wife named Eve. Because she was the mother of all living. Genesis 3.21, also for Adam and his wife, the Lord God made tonics of skin and clothed them. So Christ clothed them again and put tonic of skin. And then the Lord God said to God, behold, the man has become like one of us to know good and evil. And now lest he put or lest he put his hand and take of the tree of eternal life and eat and live forever again. Now that's reading from the scriptures directly. So my brothers and sisters, if you don't get the first principles of the oracle of God, you need to be taught again. So God is saying the first thing he spoke to them after the Lord God dressed them and cleaned them and he put them back into the God. He says, look, I'm going to let you know something. You have become like one of us. He was prophesizing about the spirit of Je the, 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 the body of Jesus. Because the body of Jesus was what he was talking about because the body of Jesus had flesh from the ground. 
So since me and your flesh is from the ground, he was prophesied. He couldn't be talking about the Holy Spirit that G, that Christ was in. He couldn't be talking about Christ who was in the Holy Spirit or the Spirit of God that Christ and his, the Holy Spirit was in, in the body that was saying that the Lord God dressed them. The God, the body that God made on the sixth day, he couldn't have been talking about them because they abide forever. We saw that they left the cross, huh? The word of God left the cross, huh? And the word of that was made of God, the, the body of Christ said, I'm going to, I promise to go prepare a place for you, left the cross. So them two, they couldn't have been talking about them two because they abide forever. He had to be talking about the body and the blood and the water of Jesus. They have become like one of us. They have water and blood now. Hey, glory. My brothers and sisters. Huh? My folks have become dull of hearing, and the principles of the oracles of God has not been heard because people want to hear what they want to hear. They want to hear this glorified message that God, that God is so sick of people telling and teaching because they're not teaching and telling what God wants to hear, want God's people to hear about the oracles. And you have come need of milk and not solid food for who, for everyone who partakes only in milk is unskilled in the word of righteousness. And everyone, let me say that again, for everyone who partakes only in the uh, milk is unskilled in the words of eternal life. Oh, come on. Peter said in John 6, 68, Father, you have the words of eternal life. We don't want to be unskilled in the word of righteousness. We don't want to be unskilled in the words of eternal life. Where are we going to go? But since they walked off and wanted to leave, Christ didn't even call them back. He looked at the 12 and he said, do you want to go too? Huh? And he looked at them and he said, and do you want to go too, Peter? And he said, Peter said, you have the words of eternal life. Do you want to go too? Huh? Come on. Do you want to go too? So the words of eternal life, he says, because you don't have the spirit of the words of eternal life. Those who are still on milk in their teaching at whosoever moved church and are, are unskilled in the words of eternal life. Why? Because the Proverbs say in 1228, so if you are unskilled in the words of eternal life, you don't know the way. Because in the way of righteousness is eternal life, and there is no death in the path. So if you are unskilled in the words of eternal life, you are a babe in Christ. And it doesn't matter if you are a spiritual church leader or a bishop or prophet, apostle, pastor, preacher, or teacher, or what church denomination, or whosoever move, I glory, huh? Whosoever move church you are from. The word of God says in Hebrews 5:13. For everyone, that includes me, huh? Although I am ordained a ordained pastor and I am I am skilled in the word of eternal If I was unskilled in the words of eternal life, I would too be considered a babe in Christ. So I'm not just calling those out who's on my level, I'm calling those out who's not on the level of God. Because God said if you're unskilled in the words of eternal life, you obey. Now, you can get mad at me if you want to. It ain't going to do nothing. But let God train you up as a child. If we were removed, let me finish here. But the difference in me, then with the majority of the bishop, pastor, preachers, and apostles and leaders out there, and the church spiritual leaders in whosoever move at the whosoever move churches is that I am willing to put my pride and my position as a pastor to the side and be taught again by the spirit, the spirit of Christ and the spirit of God that is found in John 6, 45 and Matthew 23a, who Christ is my teacher. And we all are taught and learned by God. Are you willing to be taught again? The first principles of the oracles of God found in Genesis 3, 21, 22, where God says we have become like one of them to know good and evil. And if we would put out our hands and eat from the tree of eternal life, we would live forever again. Do you want to be where God is at? This is the first principles of God. This is the first time God spoke to Adam and Eve after they disobeyed his voice and committed the unforbidden sin. 
let's finish the scriptures in Hebrews 5, 14 and we close out. But solid food belongs to those who are of full age. That is those who by reason of use have their senses exercised the sun good and evil. Look at your brothers, all ties into the same thing. He says, do you want to go too? Father, you got the words of eternal life. Do you want to go too? No, Father, you got the words of eternal life. Pastors, preachers, and teachers, if you don't change your way of teaching the word of God, telling people we all are not going to be here tomorrow, or we all are not going to be here forever, and tomorrow's not promised, and we all have to die, you're going to continue speaking from out of the power of the tongue of death unless you change the power of your tongue to the words of eternal life that Peter told Christ. You have the words of eternal life. Do you want to go to? No, Father, you have the words of eternal life. This is Pastor D. Washington coming to you live from out of Atlanta, Georgia. Brother, we're going to close right there. We're going to continue tomorrow and do some more great things, and we're going to continue. I wanted to put that out there, and we're going to come to the conclusion of the prayer, to the portion of of the scriptures, but I wanted to put that in there so we can have something in between before we get to the finalizations where we come into the glory of where God has taken us because God has the words of eternal life. This is Pastor D. Watch come to you live from out of Atlanta, Georgia. We want to thank you and ask you to continue to pray for the ministry, for the promise of our Father podcast and all our spiritual cuts leaders out there. We want to thank you for participating and just joining in and tuning in and, 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 and sharing the message with others. We're getting a lot of great feedback. We ask that you continue to pray and just pray that God continue to open up doors, my Father, and shut doors that need to be shut so the doors that need to be open can open so we can move forward and spread the gospel of the kingdom of God and the gospel of the kingdom of Christ throughout the world. And we ask that you be a part of it, participate in it, and just study and show yourself approval unto God and not unto man and see what God is going to do for you. And we ask that you call the hotline and give us some feedback at 678-764-1614-678-764-1614. And you can reach us also at email at P-A-S-T-O-R-D-W at yahoo.com. P-A-S-T-O-R-D-W at yahoo.com. We also have a book online, uh, The Promise of Our Father and Who Has Believed in Our Report. If you decide you want to get the book, the book coincides with the teachings and we are going somewhere. My brothers and sisters, we pray that you follow along with God is doing, not what we are doing, but what God is doing in us as we. And we thank you. And we ask that you continue to pray tremendously for us, that we continue to grow by leaps and bounds and continue to please God in the words of eternal life. Do you want to go to? Come on. This is Pastor D. Washington coming to you live from out of Atlanta, Georgia. And may God bless you and your family forever. Amen.